What do you want? Screaming queens. Listen, I am two seconds away from calling the police. Screaming queens horror podcast. What do you want? Screaming queens horror podcast to your death. Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. Give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to need death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch! It was an asylum! And it was hell! 20 years of pure hell! The devil wins sometimes. What's that like to live deliciously? They're here. They're all gonna laugh at you! To a new world of gods and monsters. Welcome to Screaming Queens, the horror podcast with the Queer Eye View. My name is John Larkin. Uh, I'm Jonathan Butler. Stephen Moore. I'm Martin Fennerty. We now come to you conjoined Siamese twin like <laughs> with um, the Brit pod scene. Um, and they're an online collective of entertainment based podcasts running the gamut from everything from a podcast dedicated to Ali McBeal to a podcast dedicated to Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the original of the new one. Covers the whole gamut of, of very niche things that are even more niche than us. So I'm just really happy that they're out there and really happy that we're um, connected to them. So give them a look up on um, Britpodzine. That's at Britpodzine on Twitter. We like to think that we lower the tone of their little collective. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty, nasty little podcast. But tonight, I mean, you know, we're never going to lose our twisted sense of humour, but tonight we're probably going to get a little bit serious because we are talking about something quite dark and yeah. grimy and we're not even talking about the film, we're talking about the filmmaker. I'm sure you can't imagine anything scarier than a vile, creepy, inhuman predator that stalks young people by sniffing their underwear and then devouring them mercilessly. <laughs> uh, and that is the director of this of the films that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, Say so I told you I was going to go to... <laughs> Trashy humour route with it. Well, what else are you supposed to do? Do you know what I mean? So, tonight we're talking about the Jeepers Creepers films 1 and 2. We will talk about Jeepers Creepers 3 as well, but none of us have actually made it through the entire film. I did watch it all, but it, it was so bad. Yeah. I, 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 no, I'm not yeah. going to refuse. I'm not talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've, it, we've, we've, um, we've had like a soundbite from Jeepers Creepers 2 in our theme music for like the last two years. Yeah. It's the one about sniffing jock straps. What we try to do with our podcast is look at um, the sort of queer angle of horror, uh, even if it comes down to just sort of underlying homoeroticism, um, you know, uh, homoerotic uh, aspects to the script, to the dialogue, and that always sort of seemed to fit. And I've always had a funny relationship with Jeepers Creepers too, especially because it is kind of that sort of cheap thrills kind of boys with not many clothes on in peril sort of horror film that appeals to me as a as a gay man with an eye for pretty men uh, on horror movies. And it was always, I, I always felt that way about that film before I started to read up on the director of that film. So it's sort of the, my whole aspect cool. of it changed. My whole, my whole changed. Um, it certainly tightened, yeah. Um, Less moisture now, but um, <laughs> um, yeah. So my my sort of whole um, 
relationship with the, that film and the, and the first one kind of changed once I started to read more up on um, Victor Salva, who's the director of those films and who is the one who is what you millennials would call problematic. Well, I would just call him a paedophile, actually. Yeah, paedophile. <laughs> and the courts called him a paedophile, and yes, he still works. But anyway, what I wanted to do tonight was talk about the films in the way that we always talk about the films. Cheapest Creepers will forever be tainted by the fact that their director is a convicted sex offender. And, you know, the debate about whether you should still watch and enjoy these films is sort of long-running, and it's an interesting debate as well, which I think we're going to touch on throughout this podcast, because yeah. however you look at these films, they're forever linked with the director that you just can't separate the two um, but what I think we should do and I'm sure you will agree is that we that you know first and foremost we're horror movie fans and we should critique the films the way that we would normally critique the films yeah. but you know obviously don't be scared to reference yeah. Salva throughout because that's obviously you can't you can't look mm. at one without the other I like to distance basically. myself as much as possible when I'm looking at content and creative but then there's just some things in this, these <laughs> works that are, you can't deny I'm coming from a personal point of view anyway. the, the third one even had like a bit of a child molestation plot like subplot to it as well which and like, a line that, that you had to remove yeah it's like it's a bit it's a bit much <laughs> yeah it's you know, it's weird part one came out in 2001 Directed by Victor Salva. I also I want to dub this this episode of the podcast "How Do You Salva a Problem Like Victor." <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Um, and it stars Gina Phillips, Justin Long, and um, Jonathan Breck. And it also stars the fabulous Eileen Brennan, who is in Private Benjamin. Yeah, are we familiar with Private Benjamin? I've seen it for a long time. Oh, it's like a it's regular Goldie Horn. Yeah, yeah, I remember the And it, and Eileen Brennan plays the like the horrible sort of drill sergeant. sergeant. Yeah. Who is like terrorizes Private Benjamin throughout, and then they play they play pranks on her and stuff. Mm. Don't they? Um, it's a bit where she gets a shower with blue soap. Yeah, she misses, she so she's crazy cat lady. Oh, the crazy cat lady. I haven't seen a car in fifty miles. You know what I just thought of, right? Kenny and Darla. You believe that story? Not that they did go looking for her head. They only found the car. They never found her head. What's he doing? The hell is that? He dumped something down that pipe. Wrapped in a sheet. Is this your idea of a little adventure? I'm just gonna look. Hello? You know the part in scary movies where somebody does something really stupid and everybody hates them for it? This is it. Every 23rd spring, for 23 days, it gets to eat. Eat. The film sort of opens with the two protagonists, Darian and Trish, brother and sister, and Martin, you made all your notes, so can you just take it from there? <laughs> I made no notes. I'll be quite upfront. You want me to spill all my beans right now? Yes. I made no notes. I was completely uninspired by these two films to write out and find out. Oh, God, did you hate them? I didn't hate them, but I have to say, unless I come in on a Friday night, haven't been to the pub and they happen to be on the telly. I don't yeah. think I'm going to ever go out of my way to watch these films again. Is this the first time you've seen them? No. Have you always felt like that? don't think I've ever thought they were quite as good as the title. Right. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and the song. <laughs> and the song. Fair, yeah, no, fair enough. So we open with um, Daddy and Trish headed home for spring break along a long, deserted, lonely road, which I read up and it's in Florida. 
kind of yeah it's supposed to be I only realised looking at the Wikipedia <coughs> that it's all yeah. supposed to be mm. based in Florida isn't yeah. it yeah. it didn't feel like Florida did it no it felt like the Midwest yes it looked as well as Midwest yeah it was probably filmed in Canada or something wasn't it yeah I think one of the strong points of the film the first film is that they do have a good sparky chemistry mm. and yeah. they, they act like they do act like the siblings the, yeah. that, the good the good dialogue between them is like that is how siblings speak to each other yeah it's like the game they're playing at the start when they're looking at the license plates that, that's uh, I thought that was so funny yeah they're trying to make uh, words yes yeah <laughs> gay, gay forever gay forever gay fever <laughs> it's gay fever yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no it's sexy forever and then when you see the driver <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like um in a way, gayness and sexuality are sort of high in the mix of their conversations straight mm. off the bat, which I think um, I think is interesting because teenagers, that is basically yeah. what is always the yeah. main point of reference and insult, isn't it? Um, especially brother and sister. But also the sort of, the subtext is sort of loud and clear there already because you do yeah. wonder whether this character is, whether Dari is gay. Because of his tattoo. Maybe it's coming later. Oh, don't talk to me about the tattoo. <laughs> it's offensive. <laughs> What's the tattoo? A little rose above his belly button. Oh, how's yeah. that for gay? That's gay. That's gay. <laughs> that's like, yeah. That's retro. That's gay as fuck. That's gay as fuck. Maybe it was that. Yeah, it could be that. No, there was something. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, I'm completely mixing up with something else. Um, but anyway, um, less than five minutes in, we sort of get our first scares, don't we? So you've got them both on the road, and you see this sort of battered old truck zooming up behind them, and I think that's quite effective. Mm. They do play a lot of those sort of tricks in this film, where they, you just yeah. see him coming in the background without any kind For of For a long music. time, he's coming up, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, and I think that's quite strong, actually. Um, I love that bit. I think the truck is yeah. scary. Yeah. yeah. I feel like the first of this film, the first 15 minutes or so, up until... They drive past them, past the church thing. The first time, like all up until there, yeah, it's really effective, really scary, mm. really horrible. And then I just feel like it gets yeah. worse and worse as the film goes on. See, I'm with it for longer than that. I, no, I'm, 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 with it. I'm not saying I'm completely out yeah. at that yeah. point. I'm just saying that the quality dips from then onwards. Yeah. So like as it goes on, it's still okay, good, like good, good, okayish. No. <laughs> No, I'm out of focus. Yeah, once a bit for me, I'm there all the way uh, until the monster moment. Mm. Uh, even the monster moment, the first monster moment. I mean, we'll get to it. But the first monster moment, the human, and it get, keeps me going. I like mm. it. It's funny, but then after that, I'm, I don't really care the way I cared in the first half. And I've always felt like that. I've seen this film quite a few times now, mm. and I felt like that the first time I saw it um, on the cinema. I thought I loved the first half, and then. Mm. Afterwards, and I think that's the general consensus for this I think film. That's how people felt about it as well. I think the first half does do a good job of before the actual reveal. It could be like a kind of like a backwards, you know, like just some sort of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, it's just like this crazy guy living in the woods, just hunting people down. It's and so that's quite effective, I think. Yeah, and it would have been a lot more scary if they've kept it. I think it would. You it, it would. Even but they, but they are obviously playing that up. They're playing it up, aren't they? So that you think it's a film like that, and then when you get the reveal, it's like, oh. Oh, it's a monster. But yeah. then I never want my reveal to be, ah, oh, it's a monster. If I'm going to see a monster film, then I want to know it's a monster yeah. film. And if I'm going to see, like, a slasher film, then I want it to be a slasher film. I don't want you to suddenly, oh, twist, it's supernatural. Yeah. Like, that's... But also, I can't deal with the fact that it's supernatural, but then he drives. He's got wings, but he drives. <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> he uses technology when he wants to use technology. Got a conservative energy. Very, uh... <laughs> but then doesn't. 
And how does a van stay operational after 23 years? It doesn't make well, the van, the van has got a mind of its own in the third one. The van yeah, is like a character. It can, yeah. def- it can defend itself. It's just Because like, yeah. the speed of the van, though, in the first one, it's like souped up, isn't it? So it's, yeah. there is something strange about the van anyway, because it's yeah. really fast and stuff. There's some. I think he just laid the groundwork there that there is something different yeah. about the van. And I think, but it could have just been modified. People, yeah, just people modify. modify. Cars all the time, extra fast, don't you? And I can't believe I'm defending this and I'm trying to make sense of it, but I'm trying. What I'm thinking is, he uses the van. (laughs) I'm thinking he uses the van and the technology and stuff in his stalking mode. Yeah. And the monster doesn't need to be revealed until. This is is fair enough. And I read this. This point was made online as well. How was it? That it's used to bring in fear and everything, and then he can smell using the fear, so he's using the truck. Yeah, yeah. But my problem is, is that he hasn't done this for 23 years. So, would, would did the fan exist 23 years ago? Yeah, like, it looks yeah, like, it looks like an old fan. Yeah, like so yeah. then he must have made it. He only had 23 days, but he must have got it the last time he came out because he couldn't have gone any further back than that. Yeah. So he's only had it for the last two times. No, yeah, but he's looks, must have souped it up. And it yeah. looks Otherwise, like back in the Victorian age or 200 years ago, whatever it is, um, this fan would look very much out of place, wouldn't it? It's still the 20th century, don't we? Yes, yeah, it's only 20th century. It's only what, the 17th? I know, I'm talking <laughs> after these two. <laughs> Once you go further back than the last one, yeah. you're going back to like... Well, he probably only the acquired 30s, the van in the, in the 30s. I think, we're, we're, I think we're getting a bit too bogged down. Yeah. In the van. <laughs> no, it just drives me insane. We're, we're, <laughs> three. we're too bogged down in the van. We're all about the van. <laughs> it just stresses me out. I just don't understand why something <laughs> supernatural needs technology. And he has a police jammer. At one point, do you think he has a police jammer? He has a radio... Sorry, a radio jammer. Yeah. And a police intercept radio, so he's listening to the police. Yeah. The third one. Stupid. How does he? Oh, Stupid. Um... But either way... <laughs> he needs the van to transport the body. Yeah, that, that's if the we haven't But why yes. can't he just carry them all on his giant wingspan? They fall off when he jumps. Yeah. Of course. No, you're quite right. This is the first moment where I think it feels like a classic horror film. I think, and I think, for, I think, I think even though it does dip halfway through, I feel like the first half an hour at least captures all the elements of a classic horror film. It's got that 80s children of the corn, middle of nowhere vibe. And um, I think um, when it came out, it came out in 2001, I think it was quite a refreshing horror film at the time because everything at the time was the scream fallout. So everything was that mm. self-referential, every, you know, X Dawson's Creek stars, X One Tree Hill stars, all doing self-referential, I'm using the fingers here, clever horror. That was kind of annoying. Where is this? But... I don't think it does. For I me, think... there's only one line. There's only that, there's there's one, only that one line where line. she says the thing about this is the part in horror movies where everyone hates you. Yeah. It's only the once. For, and the yeah, it's not whole... rammed down your throat. Yeah, essentially, yeah. So for me, I can see why I can see why people did sort of love that first half of this film at the time. And that's why I still love it now. It's got the classic yeah. vibe. It does feel like um, it is, you know, the pretends to be a classic, a classic monster. Yeah. I think yeah, it's a pretty strong character. I think yeah, I think, and there's like bits that I do think work really well, and he could have kept in, which I suppose you would call the supernatural, like the radio getting taken over and going to the the god channels and stuff. Yeah, which is just 
that's a cool little introduction just as the cars are approaching it just comes up to them being a religious fanatic and a fan of God and then this serpent headed demon shaking you and stuff just comes on the radio just as the fans yeah. are approaching and then you have to like later on the music happens to come on and play I like those touches that would be the Bible Belt, wouldn't it? I suppose that part of Florida. Yeah, yeah. That's um, yeah. So I think those things work for the story, but you could have had them and still had a real killer. Just saying, if you broke it off with them, you should at least figure out what you can tell mom and dad. They're the ones in love with the guy. What? Jesus! You wanted the back way home. That's 10 hours of preachers, farm reports, and country. Could you possibly just shut up and drive, please? You broke my heart in two. Now I can't find the duct tape to put it together for you. Come on, girl, sing along now. When I met you, I thought I would die. I wanted to cry. Didn't know you were evil or that you would hurt me. Mr. Polly's attracting guy. Turns out you're a twin now. What the hell's his problem? Just get out of his way, Jerry! Thing. What is that? The vehicle of choice for assholes and fucking serial killers? I didn't think the radio was getting taken over. I thought they were just I think it might be and you might be right, but it might be my twentieth century mind and I just thought that's just what radios were like before yeah. they were digital. Yeah, yeah, Everything just merged no, into it's one. Letting, it's letting, you drove along yeah. and you stopped being able to receive some radio stations and, and the radio stations came, came That's out. letting you know what mm. kind of place they're in, that it's backwards. This yeah. is mm. this is how backwards it is. Every single station is this fucking god. It works, either, yeah. it works yeah. either way. That's either way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way. That's what um, I took from it anyway. Yeah, yeah, it could have been either. I don't think... It was only that first one that I thought just cut to conveniently that yeah. instead of being an accident... Then I thought it might be supernatural, but then mm. later on when he's just flipping through the channels and heard the song, that didn't have to be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's almost like a little shorthand, isn't it, for these kinds of the the exploitation, you know. If these this is the this is what the radio station is, you know, someone's gonna be banging the system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah. You're in trouble if you get a god channel. If you hear the banjos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're only about ten minutes in before we get our first mention of Darius Dirty Shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a lot. Um and at the time, I found that to be titillating, mm. not disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Victor. Whereas now, 
in the context of knowing more about the director, things like this are the sort of signposts, really, that a lot of his personal sort of yeah. tastes are probably playing into this film, yeah. into this script. And, and it, it does make you question things that you think, oh, oh yeah, that was just and it, like a kind of hot thing that was in a film, and then yeah. when you hear more, it's like, oh, that yeah. just ruined it for me. Yeah. Now you seem creepy. Yeah. And, I, and part of me feels bad for feeling that way as well, because... I hate it whenever... I hate that old trope where people bring gay sex and pedophilia into the same... Mm-hmm. And, like, kink and stuff. Arena. And, and yeah. it's like... It, and people automatically think the worst of somebody who might be kinky or someone who is gay or whatever. But then I do think, well, he is gay and he is a nonce. So it's not bad for me to feel uncomfortable about It's not that, that they link. come together. It's just that the extra context means that his might be past the point of kink and into just straight up seediness yeah. and disgustingness. Like, it's it's a further line mm. that then takes those things out of what is safe and enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I think I get why people... I completely get why people will be uncomfortable about liking these films at all. Yeah. Given the person who made them. Yeah. But I think if you examined all sorts of works of... Yeah. Or... In the broad sense, all sorts of people who produced all sorts of works of art, songs, music, mm-hmm. pictures, films, yeah, whatever, would have problematic yeah, lives. Yeah, Imagine and where do you where do you yeah. stop? And then yeah. if you don't if you if you don't stop, where does that tip over into yeah. actually being something that that's equally yeah. morally dubious yeah. that you discard things exactly mm-hmm. there is, you've got to be able to you have yeah. to some extent you've got to be able to separate mm. what's produced from the person but you can't yeah. inter- and but yet you can't entirely it's diff- It's a difficult one it is it's really and a great idea doesn't it one thing that's always quite interesting about these things is that when you look at something that's considered by the masters to be like a lower class art like a horror film yeah. then I think the director would get a lot more stick than mm. if this was a high art Film and you're talking yeah. the likes of like Roman Polanski and stuff. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like yeah. I think he gets away with it a lot more yeah. than what this person does because as much as you do get backlash, it's never on the same level as what yeah. he's received. I, yeah, yeah, I don't think that's fair. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna defend art and defend artists, then you should defend all art. You shouldn't yeah. say, Oh, you know, I'll defend Roman Polanski because he makes good films, yeah. but I will I won't defend Victor Salva because he made your films. That's not fair. Yeah. If you're going to defend art, you defend art. That's, yeah. the, that's the bottom line. Yeah, because um, once you scratch that surface, then everybody's own little prejudices It becomes your opinion then. Yeah. You know, we'll be talking about, was it May now? When we were talking about Nasrati? Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. He, did he die getting a blowjob from a 14-year-old? He died with the 14-year-old dick in his mouth. Yeah. So, you know... Are we gonna are we gonna stop watching Nosferatu? Are we gonna, you know, are we yeah. gonna throw out the legacy of Jim? Yeah. yeah, are we gonna throw all that out? And everything that's inspired from it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which I don't think for me, you have you have to separate the art from the artist, because if you didn't, yeah, probably ninety percent of art in history you'd have to get away. You'd have to throw away yeah. because it'd be problematic in some way. Yeah. But then Leonardo da Vinci, you know, when mm. he was alive, probably what what was normal then would be considered fucking a disgrace now, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you you just have to just have to grow up. And... Mm. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And you either like it, work it apart, or you don't. And yeah. if you like it, if you would respond emotionally to it, then say you like it. And you know, it, mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things, isn't it? If, and if someone starts jumping on you for liking that, then that person's a fascist. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's that's where I sort of get on with. Yeah. Yeah. That's if you start to create, you start create sort of lines that you're not able to cross in terms mm. of appreciating or mm. taking part in stuff because the person who created it is some sort of monster mm. that starts to cross yeah, a line definitely. of actually if, if yeah. that it, it does cross that line into fascism it does, and, you're and not allowed to like that thing well, you're look, not allowed to appreciate that piece of art you know it, it is, yeah. it is uh, well that's happening now uh, to kill a mockingbird you know in America that's banned in American schools now they won't because it's got problematic language and it's like mm. that's what people said yeah. what was the what was yeah. one I read about Little House on the Prairie oh, fucking hell and it's like oh you know because it's set in the 1880s so you know People use language that that's kind of appropriate. Yeah. The people yeah. used in the eighteen eighties, yeah. and yeah. so now people can't read it. It's like fucking get a grip. Yeah, yeah. Saying like when I watched Hairspray like, for the first time, I was very shocked because I didn't know what it was about, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" <laughs> the original? <laughs> no, not even the original. The um, Disney the re- one. The, oh yeah, yeah. It was Disney? Wasn't Jim Rex or something? I'm not sure. One of them. The Zac Efron one. Yeah, Zac yeah. Efron one. Yeah. I just wasn't expecting it, and then, um, but then I was like. Well, wait a minute. What time is this set in? This is okay. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah, yeah, totally. If you can't separate yourself in that way, then that's just ridiculous. I'm not going to use the words, but I just have a problem not being able to say those certain words um, <sighs> because I think there's a context. Because I think context is everything. Yeah. If you're using, yeah. it's very obvious when somebody uses a word in an offensive way. It's very different when somebody reports the use of that word. Yeah, or you uses it in a very different in a very different way, but there's yeah. a universal blanket. Mm. Um Exactly. But ban on saying mm. the N word. And mm. I can't even bring myself to say it because it's so because yeah. it's so emotive. But yeah. I would just wish we could move to a more intelligent time mm. where yes, yeah. we all agree it's an offensive word, but actually when when and how yeah. you use it Changes. Does changes and yeah. it doesn't matter yeah. if you use it in particular ways. And why can't we like why why do we not tell people to stop saying faggot and start saying can you please use the f word? Yeah, <clears throat> because we're not there yet. We're not that free yet, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah. So, see see sorry. see what happens when you scratch the surface. See what happens. We haven't even like a pile, the fifteen. Minutes. A pile of dirty <laughs> underwear has led to this <laughs> mess. <laughs> um, Complete tangent. Sorry. Well, no, no, but it's, it's not, true though, and it's, 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 it all relates to this mm. to this yeah. film. It does, you know. That's that's the thing. People think that you start talking about horror movies, and it's going to be a very shallow experience, but it never is, especially yeah. with those lot who just no. love the sound of our own fucking voices. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they see beating you. It's, they see the creeper dumping something in a pipe, don't yeah. they? And it's something covered in a sheet. With ropes. With ropes, yeah. with blood on it. I think that's really good. I think that's really effective because it's obviously a body shape yeah. and they're looking at it and they know what it is straight away. Yeah. But they just look out and go, Yeah. Uh, and should, are we going to acknowledge that or are we just going to drive past? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's genuinely yeah, it's, scary it's, and yeah. it's actually genuinely creepy. Yeah. yeah. It puts the creep in Jeepers Creep. It does. That bit is just like. Oh, it's it's horrible. Not for to solve it. puts the creep in <laughs> He puts the creep in somewhere. Yes, he puts the creep in the cast. But he so the creeper then chases them. The chases on. He runs them off the roads. They smash the car up, and um, Darry uses his dirty underwear to fix the broken trunk. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to that point in the horror movie where it does become a little bit self-referential, but I think it's it's not. It doesn't labour the point too much, and it's Darry saying, and it is Darry being the, that stupid person in a horror movie, isn't it? Yeah. Saying maybe we should go back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we should see who, who, what he shoved down that pipe, um, and he's like saying, you know, don't you know? Won't you feel terrible if you know? It turns out that someone's died and yeah. we could have saved them. And he sort of appeals to Trish's. Well, even the, just one line where he says, What if it was you back there? That, yeah. And that's the line. It you know, yeah. Yeah. And which, which leads me to ask you, boys, would you go back? No. Fuck. That's no. what 911 is for. <laughs> yeah. <Fuck. laughs> no. Yeah. No, no. No. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't go back. No, I don't care. Yeah. If you models, I would have shit myself and be like, Foot yeah. to the floor. Yeah. I'd be driving my Luco as fast as I could in yeah. the other direction. <laughs> yeah. I'd be running for the 82 <laughs> as fast as my little legs could carry me. Yeah. And it is the part of a horror movie that most people grow up, but it's the most wonderful part of a horror movie. Yeah, they have it, to make that decision. Because it makes you scream at the yeah. telly, mm-hmm. it makes you go, stop, you know, don't be so fucking stupid. It'd be a short film if you just drove off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that is the thing, these. Like kind of tropes and stuff that happen have to happen mm-hmm. in order yeah. for there to be a film. Yeah. If everyone just ignored everything, if someone didn't go and ask who was there, then you wouldn't have a film. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a weird twist though, wouldn't it? If they had actually just driven away and said, "No, no, no, let's not bother, let's not do it. We'd want to get away," and actually, he's already hooked onto them, decides yeah. to chase yeah. them, yeah. and he is. He was just going to drive home and then go and have tea with the mum, and yeah. <laughs> that was going to be the end of the film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And the mum is revealed to be the creep. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Much better. There you go. But then, oh yeah, so she tips him upside down into the pipe. Yes. He goes, Which is not go, the most ingenious idea. No, no, no. They go, so they go back. He's like peering down the pipe and he's like, I can hear something down there. So he's like, just grab my ankle. So she, yes, she tips him upside down. Um, we've got more references to his body odors because the smelly feet. Yeah. And then, so he's peering down the pipe and we're sort of, it's great, isn't it, the way it's framed because yeah. it's just like the whole screen is dark with the, with the two faces at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's quite cool. And then he's halfway down the pipe and the next thing there's an on, onset of... There's an onset. There's an onset. The director walks on. <laughs> Your Freudian slip is showing, John. No, no. There's an, there is a um, sudden barrage of rats <laughs> comes charging up this pipe. <laughs> they come charging up the pipe um, and um, they freak out she loses grip on Darius' smelly feet and he goes sliding down the pipe can I just say he blames her for dropping him yeah. when he had to freak out and started kicking when the rat showed up yeah. like, it yeah. was completely his fault yeah. Yeah. and then he lands in the creeper's cathedral of waxed bodies Mm. I like the shot when he hits the floor and then there's a light the spotlight's on the yeah. spotlight's mm-hmm. brilliant like slow motion when he, when he hits the floor is that right? Yeah. I can't remember I just remember the shot where I he's never understand it it's just the spotlight yeah. it's like an old film it, yeah. is, it is weird though why he lands on that spot but the bodies don't there's no bodies there the bodies fair they're long isn't it are perfectly horizontal are we expected to believe that they rolled yeah but the he hit the floor, turned, and then rolled to be in the position. Yeah. But the way they reveal the bodies in this, the way he um, bends down to tie his shoes and he puts yeah. the scorchings underneath his arm, yeah. and we get a glimpse first yeah. before mm-hmm. he does. Yeah. Something drops on him, blood or something drops on him, water. Yeah. Yeah. 
and he looks up at the ceiling with the torch and starts to discover things. Yeah. And then as he discovers more and more, the lights just turn up in the room, but we'll just pretend that didn't yeah. happen. Yes. <laughs> That's, that's, that's just movie magic for us. Yeah, it's the magic of uh, Hollywood. He but finds nice um, he finds a little cute Twinkie boy wrapped in a sheet, doesn't he? Who's had his lungs ripped out or his heart ripped out or something? He can't speak, mm. and there's no blood as well. Mm. They don't need they don't really need blood, and it's still really grim and disturbing. Plasticized is that the word? Yeah, mm. like yeah, you're like waxed, don't you? Yeah, we forgot to mention earlier on the did um talked about Kenny and Dogma. This is Kenny and Darla. This is one of my issues with the one of the issues I've got with the film is that it seems really it's like they just didn't need that. Mm. They didn't need that stupid coincidence. Yeah, it was a bit too heavy handed. Could have just said loads of people have gone missing in this area. And even if you wanted to have done that, then they didn't have to mention it earlier on in the film and it just happened to find them. They could have just said, Oh, this is Kenny and Darla who went missing in seventy eight and then that would have Give you the it, contextual backstory mm-hmm. without it just being like, yeah, hasn't he got like a football, like a championship ring? He could have just found the ring and it has the date on it. Yeah, that was weird enough. Yeah. yeah, it gives you context without being they just happened to mention this. Yeah. Oh, and the sister's really suicidal because she was like, Oh, when I heard first heard that story, I just knew that this would be the road that I would die on. And then she decides to take the long way home <laughs> through that road. Yeah, like, are you messing? That makes no sense. No, I know. Um, I love the bit where Trish is waiting for him outside and it's like the lonely roads and the crows and all that it's mm-hmm. very it's, again it's very Stephen King and the crows scares him and then laughs at her yeah yeah <laughs> I felt like it was very deliberately laughing at her so um, there's a great jump scare isn't there I mean, it doesn't scare me this time because I've seen it a hundred times but I remember I shit myself and the whole cinema shit, me, shit themselves when Darry slams against the the um, car window yeah it's a good jump scare after she thinks that her other van is the van return but yeah, that's good. I like it does, that was a good. Mm. It does this a yeah. few times, doesn't it? Where you know you see it before the, the the characters in the film see, and it's out of focus, and you think, oh, that's getting closer, and it's only when it gets really close and it comes into focus that it starts just somewhere else, somewhere yeah. else around the other van. Yeah, but so, she doesn't stop it. No, no. <laughs> so, I thought she stood out there looking for. That's actually true. Why didn't she stop it? Because she was too busy looking the other way, and then she doesn't realize until like the last second and then yeah. tries to get in the car and then the car doesn't start yeah that's true so they stop for gas and go into the sort of stereotypical diner where all the locals stop everything they're doing and give them the hairy eyeball <laughs> um, they were very uh, concerning people they were I did notice there was a hot redneck in the second booth yeah. just in case anyone wants to go back and look uh, and he is of age um, and then um, <laughs> then the payphone starts to ring mm. which reminded me of that Cottaging slash cruising story you tell me. That, um, that. <laughs> so could you tell our listeners that story? It's not you. Wasn't um, you? Was it? It wasn't me. <laughs> um, but twenty odd years ago, when people used to go out on the gay scene in Liverpool, in their droves, people used to hang around after all the clubs and the pubs closed at like one, two o'clock in the morning. People would hang around the streets afterwards, and then gradually just drift away around three, four o'clock in the morning and used to hang around the railings on the corner of Stanley Street and Victoria Street just by the Lisbon. There used to be railings there. You could sit on them and directly diagonally opposite there's a phone box. It's still, there's a phone box still there and that would ring and it would frequently be or mostly be married men ringing that phone box number to see anybody who'd be interested in 
I'm in a bit of a dabble with them. Stop it. <laughs> How yeah. cool is that? That's so retro. It's not retro, it was 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Pre, <laughs> pre-mobile phone. Yeah, it wasn't retro at the time, it was... Um, the That's much more exciting than the um, Manny Men and Grind or whatever. That doesn't happen in this film. Instead, they get a woman on the end of the line. And a massive exposition dump. It says, you found a house of pain. <laughs> <laughs> some, hum- some hungry thing from some dark place in time. Uh, which is a terrible, terrible dialogue, but I do quite like it though. Cause I like Hannah, this woman who plays her later on as well. Yeah, who looks just like a nurse, and she always plays nurses and everything else mm. she's been in. And she does look like she should play it. It's like the Psycho Cotline voice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. about i don't know if it's a demon or a devil or just some hungry thing from some dark place in time oh like i don't know what the hell you're talking about i just know it's not gonna stop coming after you or anyone else it wants to because once it has the scent of something it likes it can't it can't stop Saw that awful truck too. Huh? With the license plate. Oh, beating you? The license plate on its truck. Right, beating you? No, think about it. What? Think about it for Christ's sake. Oh, hold on. I need you to listen to this. Okay. You hear that song, you run. And I mean run, cause that song means something terrible for you. Something so terrible you couldn't dream of it. Not in your worst, most terrible nightmare. Fuck you, lady. Um, she, she does the House of Pain, the Jeepers Creepers song. And she says, oh, think about the license plate. Which, by the way... I could not think about the license plate. I had to Google it and then go onto YouTube and look in the comments section for someone to explain it to me because I was like, I don't understand what she's Be eating you? Yeah. Yeah. Be eating you. Yeah. I couldn't get beating (laughs) you out of your head because that's what he said. And then I was just like, I don't understand. Did I miss something? Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) Be eating you. I can't help but think that's Victor Salva's profile name in, oh. <laughs> on the, in the internet. So, I, I did wonder why we didn't see more of the hot state trooper with the eyebrows. The one he gets 
bummed off. Yeah. yeah. But then I did think, well, we do see plenty of him, actually, because I, I just wanted to see him for the rest of the film, but... His death was quite cool, actually. I did quite like that scene. He calls him a stripper ground cop, doesn't he? A stripper ground cop. <laughs> and then more of Darius' dirty underwear strewn all about the place where the creeper was sniffing them to get yeah, his scent. Sniffing, sniffing Didn't he have his name written in his underwear as well? Yeah. Which was just like, what great yeah. man has the name yeah. written in But I quite like that, though, because he's, he's kind of painted as a useless boy, child. Yeah. Useless boy who doesn't can't live without his, his mum. Well, that's, yeah. there's a line, isn't there? Oh, you're taking all your clothes back to be washed. Yeah. Like, he doesn't wash his clothes. He just waits till he goes home and yeah. just gets them all done at once. Yeah. Um, and yeah so we've got the whole sort of weirdness of this monster that sniffs his underwear um, and I mean that could still be a real person at this point you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a monster yeah no of course yeah okay. of course but within five minutes yeah we've, yeah, we're in five minutes could just be Victor Salva yes yeah it's a fly on the wall documentary about the making of this film um, so from there on it descends into the monster movie which I think generally that's where audiences agree uh, you know it was more successful as a slasher thriller than yeah. a monster yeah. film it becomes but there are elements of the monster bit I like uh, and it's essentially that first bit so it's the bit with the police being ripped out of the car and while Daddy and Trish are arguing and it's happening in the background I like that the creeper has got like a Freddy, Hug- Freddy Krueger style sense of humour as well and he's whistling Jeepers Creepers while he's doing while he's doing everything mm. Uh, and then he makes out with the hot cop's severed head before eating his tongue out of his head and the billboard behind him reads, it tastes so damn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's funny. I think th- those are all great things mm. and I think that's quite funny and it's, it's that point in the film where I'm thinking, oh, it's not really what I wanted it to be but it's, it's still fun. It's, mm. you know, yeah. it's, I like the sense of humour. And then you've got the crazy cat lady scene which I do really like as well because I love Eileen Brennan and I love how she says cats. I do like the shot. I think it's just before that. Sorry to interrupt. Where, um, <laughs> where the creeper opens the van to put the body of the, the, the yeah. cop in it yeah. and it goes it just so screen fades to black like it's an edit yeah. and then the door reopens again yeah. and you just get the sliver of light and it throws the head throws in. the head in after yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they go for help they, they stop for help at, at some crazy old woman's house uh, she's crazy cat lady and um, this has already been predicted as well this has been predicted of course yeah uh, whenever you hear that sort of um Cats involved, like screaming, wailing cats. There's usually a comedy element to it. It makes me think of that scene in mm-hmm. Let the Right One In with the cats. Do you remember that? The vampire Swedish Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. I can't remember the second Funny scene in that with loads of cats attacking them and getting yeah. them thrown all around the room. And right, yeah. they're all screaming, and it, there's quite a comedy element to it. Um, there's a great bit with the scarecrows. I just love the way she says, That's not my scarecrow. Yeah. 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 That's just such a good line. Yeah. The way it's delivered, I just think. That's so creepy. I feel, I, and I feel like that's the last minute, that's the last bit of this film that's scary in any way, yeah. isn't it? It's very 80s, isn't it? There's that, it reminds me of the 80s horror movie Scarecrow. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the Dark Rides of Scarecrow or just Scarecrows? Scarecrows. Scarecrows. Yeah. That's, yeah. So that's the last scary bit and then it goes really slapstick comedy for the whole cat's bit. Um, and, and picks it yeah. up and uses it as a puppet. <laughs> yeah. That's quite fun. Yeah, it's funny. It is funny. It's a fun moment. Yeah. Especially just the way it's the way they're looking at it thinking something's not right, but I don't quite know what it is. And she's just like, we can just see a floating off the ground as yeah. he's picked it up with a knife or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Trish suddenly flips into a badass heroine. She's like running them over again and again. I feel like that comes a bit out of nowhere. Mm. But then she's just doing the she's self referencing films again. Because she says, Oh he goes, Is he dead? And yours, they never are. They never are. Yeah. So it's self-referential. 
So there was a moment here where I thought there could have been a great there could have been a great backstory that would have made this really interesting. Earlier on in the film, there's a bit where when they're talking about beating you and Daddy references Trisha's boyfriend and Trisha's had some issue with the boyfriend, but we never find out what yeah. that is. Mm. And I almost feel like if 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 they'd expanded on that and he'd been an abuser and she was getting away from an abusive relationship. She would have got her anger out yeah. That would have fed mm. more into this. I would have understood more why she suddenly flips into badass heroin and we get to see her take all her mm. anger out on the creeper. I feel like that would have been yeah. something really interesting. Yeah. But It's something that tip... There's something that's brought her up to tipping over the edge, isn't yeah. there? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that would have mm. helped with this, really. I do like the bit before she manages to run a movie where he just starts doing a little fancy parkour. Yeah, he's jumping jump over the edge. Jump jump yeah. yeah. He does it like four times. It's so funny. And then they get to the cop the cop the police station and I lose interest really I mean I watch it and I want to sort of see what happens but for me this is where I bowed out really the jumping on the carpet is definitely where I switch off yeah yeah maybe I just didn't like four no no maybe I hate Kitty. four <laughs> <laughs> maybe I hate four and then nothing funny it's I think because it it just starts to take me too far away I want to be take you into something that scares me. Mm. And especially when it's called Keepers Creepers, I want to be creeped out. Mm. And I'm jumping up and down. Yeah, yeah, it's not... It doesn't do it. It's, it's not, not menacing creepy. at no, it's all. Not really. yeah. It's the bit where it's broken. Yeah. The film is broken beyond repair at that point. Mm. I still think it was funny to watch, but yeah. then I'm like, I do not like this film anymore. He, he puts me in mind of Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I was thinking that. And was... I feel like I feel like Jeepers Creepers is like Fred, Nightmare on Elm Street and then all of the sequels in one film. Because like, the first Nightmare on Elm Street, you're scared of him. Mm. And he becomes less and less scary as it goes along because it goes more into fantasy and comedy and slapstick mm. and stuff. And loses the the, the fear factor, mm. and I think that's like Jeepers Creepers is that on fast forwards really mm. it goes through yeah. all of those sort <laughs> yeah. of stages really quickly. Nine, nine Freddy films in ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I completely zone out as soon as the bat wing comes. As soon as the wing came out, I was just I was yeah so much. Mm. Yeah, I just hate hate that he flies. Yeah, it's just not scary, and the effect. In all three films, <laughs> it's awful. But the effect doesn't bother me so much. The first one was quite a cheap film, wasn't it? It was yeah. quite a low budget, I think. Yeah. 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 You can tell. That's a great bit. Just don't do yeah. it. If mm-hmm. you have you're the cheap film and you can't afford to do mm-hmm. it, don't do it. Yeah. But uh, to be fair, that's what I like about it. It's kind of, it's not like a massive studio was pumping out some, oh, you know, is this, then this next horror thing. It's just kind of like a small film, and I think it's quite charming that they've made quite a decent. Like horror character, you know, yeah. The creeper, I think, is quite a good character. Yeah, he, he has all of the elements of being like a franchise horror, horror yeah. antihero, doesn't he? Really, we've meant to have been inspired by Spring Hill Jack. Yeah, and I almost I... wish they'd made him a bit more human mm. and closer to the Spring Hill Jack. Yeah, story in some way because that would have been mm. scary. Well, so we didn't need to have wings. So Spring Hill Jack is a Liverpool thing, Liverpool and London thing. Yeah. Well, what is this? Oh God, it's a great story. Yeah, it's a it's a Liverpool and London, but let's focus on Liverpool. It's a myth from is it Victorian times? Yeah, you were there. You Um, (laughs) (laughs) saw. So there's this figure. I don't know the exact. I can't remember the exact story, but there's this figure that used to appear at people's doorways, and he was very very tall, and he had a cape and a. And like a, a top okay, <laughs> Honestly, like this is terrifying. Um, he'd attack people, but he'd like also like there's reports of, of, sort of blue sparks emerging from his mouth, and he was very very powerful. But he would run away after he'd attacked, and he'd be spotted, and he could 
jump like feet in the air so he was spotted jumping up onto buildings in one fell swoop and jumping across the roofs of buildings he was infamously spotted across the roofs of houses in Everton and there was footprints in the snow after he'd attacked somebody that were sort of cloven hooves all sorts of weird things people reported tales of waking up and his face there'd be a white face with burning red eyes mm. in the bedroom window because oh. he was jumping up to look in Stop the bedroom window shall I close those curtains and he he reports of him stopped as suddenly as reports of him That's started so he could still be around it kind of makes sense of maybe 20 years <laughs> every 20 years yeah. um, makes more sense why he jumps a lot in this then yeah. as well as opposed yeah. to just using his wings all yeah. the time Although that also went over in the film is that she goes oh, he could, what if he could just jump 50 foot in the air and then two seconds later he jumps 50 foot in the yeah. air and it's like yeah. did you need to telegraph that? You yeah. didn't need to telegraph that. Yeah. Didn't, isn't there a Tom Slemon write up on it as Probably, well? Probably, yeah. I feel like I might have read yeah. something about it now you've said it but I don't know enough. It's really ripe for, for a film but I, I have looked into it before because I thought I'd love to do something based on that and I think it's constantly in pre-production there's constantly someone with the rights to the story trying to do something with it but it's never it's never yeah. I, I think like Victorian style horror is probably quite positive and they've had that um, the Limehouse Golem yeah. uh, Woman in Black and so I think that kind of period horror is probably Penny, Penny Dreadful was really good well, yeah Penny Dreadful as well what yeah. was the other one there's a TV programme yeah, yeah The Alienist yeah yeah I couldn't get into that I like the first two episodes and then I couldn't get into yeah. yeah but um, showdown in the police station it's really quite it's really quite run of the mill it's not really worth banging on about when we've got another film to get through um, but can I just uh, say that I yeah. like the man the policeman who gets attacked Batman style he drops down from the ceiling yeah that's great good Batman kill um, and then he ends up with a hole in him I like the fact that in the credits he's accredited as office with a hole in not officer oh office with a hole office in. with a hole in office with a hole in um, there's quite a few hot policemen in this section actually I didn't notice that yeah. so the woman who phoned them up who's the psychic hotline lady she, she turns up doesn't she she's trying to warn them there's no other way except the front well the front door is out why didn't you dream up something useful I thought if you knew what I saw maybe you could change it why the hell do you think I'm here You know who it wants. You know what it wants. I've dreamed this. You know what's gonna happen. You run up the stairs and hide, but I don't know what happens to me. Jeepers creepers. Jeepers creepers, right? Who? Who hears Jeepers creepers while screaming in the dark? Wrong. I don't believe you. You don't understand. Your dreams are the ever wrong. You go to hell. I said you don't understand. Are they ever wrong? Are your dreams ever wrong? She doesn't know. 
She doesn't know shit. And then she sort of makes out, doesn't she, that it's Trish that the creeper's after, but it's Darry. Mm-hmm. Um, because she says which one of us, you know which one of us is after, and she sort of goes quiet and looks at Trish as if she feels sorry for her. So that makes it, it's like a, a misdirect. Uh, well, mm. she's, yeah, she's looking at her because she knows that it's Sally, so yeah. she's like consoling her, saying, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, part of me thinks, is it that, that she was looking at her consoling? But then I think the person who's left screaming in the room alone, the last big scream they're ever going to do, is here because he gets carried away. And she's left in the dark room screaming. Yeah. So it does kind of end up like that. And I feel like it's just the vision wasn't 100% accurate. She, she saw her that. doing the big last scream. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that she's the one who died. She, she does just say, the one who screams. It's, it's not like a movie. Yeah. You know. And I feel like that's what it was as opposed yeah. to yeah. misdirecting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's, it's starry the whole time. The, the creeper sort of grabs them, flies off with them, and then really downbeat ending which is effective mm. with, with lots of focus on that ta- that rose tattoo above his navel again oh. um, I'm glad it ended mm. yeah miserably I, yeah I, I like the miserable ending mm. I think that's I think that's quite powerful and I like the eye I like the creeper's eye peering through yeah Darius ripped out something yeah, yeah. And a bit of a buffalo bill moment because yeah. that's it they're, I'm guessing they've got just along to wear the creeper makeup to, to, to his eyes it's his eyes yeah. he's looking through his yeah. eyes with yeah yeah. What do you think that's how they've done it? What's that? Do you think that's how they've done it? Yeah, it must have been, I'm guessing. They just, he, 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 just he took his eyes to make it as part of the thing to make himself complete. So, so the, he had, so so he had Darry's eyes in it, yeah, yeah. and he's looking with Darry's eyes through the holes in Darry's yeah, face. Yeah, okay. Because okay. it happens like more obviously in the second one, doesn't it? Really, mm. eat someone's head. Yeah, yeah and he <laughs> takes the head. Mm. So it's his face afterwards, isn't it? Uh, so that's the end of the first one. Um, it came out and it was was it, it was a success, success, I think probably successful for, film. for its budget. I think it probably was a success. Probably, yeah. That's probably why we got another one so quick. Yeah. Well, according to Wikipedia, it was a ten million dollar budget and it made just over fifty nine million. Right. At the box office, got, so yeah, decent, isn't it? It gets a cinema score. I like this. So a D, but then the sequel gets better. Really? Yeah. And I agree. You prefer the sequel? I think it's more of a cookie room film. It's all the same shit all the way through. At least right. I know what it is. Shit all the way down. Yeah, <laughs> but at least I mean, it's, it's fun down. shit. Shit all the way down. So after this film came out, there was a there was the controversy straight away where people were like, I don't think off. it was. I think it was mainly after two. Yeah, because that's when I first heard about it. It was when they were casting for three. I think it was a Canadian. Uh, casting agents started mm-hmm. putting like the the warning out to like casting agencies mm-hmm. and you know but, people auditioning the this guy might be an ounce. Well, yeah. not might be. He definitely is. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, is that it's actually not it, the the controversy started in when he made Powder in like yeah ninety five because the kid the the kid who was in Clown House who he abused didn't wasn't he Pickerton? He was Pickerton. Powder's film and screens. then that was a big thing because. It's, Powder was a Disney film. Yeah. Well, it's not, it was Hollywood pictures, wasn't it? It's not really But it's Disney. a Disney spin-off, and Disney um, had to turn around and said that they weren't aware yeah, we did, of yeah. the fact mm. that he was being pile until afterwards. But Even was... though the producer has already done another film with him, and I find it very unrealistic that this hasn't come up, and he didn't yeah. do a background check. Yeah. Because yeah. he was convicted right. in the 80s, wasn't he? 89? 19, 1988. 1988. In 1988, he, pleaded, he pled guilty to... Um, 
Five, felony counts. Lewd and lascivious conduct. Oral copulation with a person under 14. Three counts of procure, procuring a child for pornography. So it's not just like these procuring are just... Procuring a child. It's not just like these are like hints and rumours. It's like, you know, he was... And he got three years in prison, but he only did 15 months. Um, and um, Francis Ford Coppola, his response is like, oh, he's paid his... He's paid Francis his Ford Coppola well, is a dick. It's his, yeah. Isn't his production company, isn't it? American Zoetrope? Yeah. That's his production company, yeah. isn't yeah. it? So he gave him the money to make his first big film, Clown House, after seeing his short. Both films by the shorts. <laughs> Both films <laughs> had this uh, Nathan Forrest Spencer's abused in them, so he'd groomed him over mm-hmm. like a year and a half. Yeah. After that, he gets done and they have to pay out a settlement and everything because he's done it. Yeah. And then later on, Francis Parker comes back again and gives him more money, even though he got convicted yeah. of raping a kid. On a film that you produced, yeah, like that's that's scummy. So it's like, where do you stop? You know, if you if you want to start, like we were talking before, I think he is if you want to start, if you want to start saying oh, we shouldn't be watching these people's films, what about the Godfather? Yeah. yeah. What about the Godfather trilogy? What about Dracula? Mm-hmm. Apocalypse. Apocalypse Now. Yeah. You know, what about all of the? What about everything he's ever touched? Yeah, I think know, he's just as just, scummy. Yeah. You should just stop earning books. Just, just stop earning the books. Just stop earning the books. It's fine. Um, but Stephen's <laughs> actually seen Clown House, um, and I want to see Clown House. Um, Stephen's seen it. Um, we've got a lot more to talk about on that and on and on Salvat and everything he's done, and obviously Jeepers Creepers two, which you will have to come back in two weeks to hear. Um, so or twenty three years in twenty three years time <laughs> when when uh, Martin has been underground for all that time and come back with his wings ready to spread. Yes. <laughs> um, what did you think of this episode? Please do let us know. We love your feedback. So uh, get me on Twitter at Johnny Larkin. You can get Jonathan Butler. Kazulu uh, Five Hundred Two. You can get Stephen Moore at HC No idea where you can get Martin. I'll be in the basement down the pipe. Down the pipe. Nothing new there. And yeah, thank you. We'll see you in a couple of weeks when we'll be discussing more on Victor Salver and Jeepers Creepers Two. Where'd you get those creepers? Jeepers, creepers. Where'd you get those eyes? Gosh, y'all get up. How'd they get so lit up? Gosh, y'all get up. How'd they get that size? Golly, When you turn those heaters on. Oh, is me. Got to put my heaters on. Jeepers, creepers. Where'd you get those Oh, those weepers. How they hypnotize. Yeah. Where'd you get those eyes? <laughs> <laughs>